Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Sophie Ellis-Bexter and welcome to Spinning Plates the podcast where I speak to busy working women who also happen to be mothers about how they make it work. I'm a singer and I've released seven albums in between having my five sons aged 16 months to 16 years, so I spin a few plates myself. Being a mother can be the most amazing thing, but can also be hard to find time for yourself and your own ambitions. I want to be a bit nosy and see how other people balance everything. Welcome to Spinning Plates. Well, hello. Happy New Year. Here we are on the other side of Christmas and all of that stuff. Oh, when did we last speak? Was it November? Beginning December, that's right. How have you been? How was everything? Um, it's funny because usually after indulging over Christmas, I get to this bit of the year and I'm like, yeah, I feel it like being healthy. But this time I'm just like, I could have happily kept going with the cheese and the wine and all that. I was really quite into it all. But no, January's here, kids are going back to school tomorrow, um, trying to get the house in order. <clears throat> it's a slow process. It's been very busy. It's been really nice, actually. It's been pretty mellow. We had everybody over to ours for Christmas. We host it. So the day went from sort of 15 during the day to an extra few in the evening. And then just had a lot of family over here. I popped off to Edinburgh to take part in the Hogmanay New Year's Eve celebrations last week. Did a gig there, which was really fun. It was outdoors, but I didn't get too cold, so that's good. And then New Year's Eve stayed in, which I love. And now back to work. But it's all kind of nice things. I'm getting the new album sorted out. I've got to do the artwork and the video for the new single this month. And, um, yeah, just kind of get on with stuff, which includes more podcast episodes. But feeling fairly good about everything I've recorded half of the series already and I've got all the other diary and like dates in the diary to record the others so you know feeling pretty good feeling quite excited about this year but also quite sort of what's the word sober as I look ahead I don't feel like giddy about stuff I just feel like yep I can see the things I need to do 
I didn't make any New Year's resolutions. Do you make any of them? I only let myself down. What's the point? Uh, can't be bothered with that. But, yeah, just kind of hoping to have a good one, really. I've got lots of nice gigs in the diary this year. So I'm hoping they'll go well. And I just want to have a good year. I'm really looking forward to introducing the new album to people. Uh, it's been the most protracted album process of my life uh, because I started writing it just before everything went tilted, just before the first lockdown. How crazy is that? It's a long time ago now. So, yeah, it's time to, to bring it out. Sounding good, actually. I'm pleased with it. Um, although it's not disco, so, you know, people might be, like, crossing me. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. It can't all be disco balls. Sometimes it's got to be something else, right? And doesn't mean you can't dance to bits of it. Definitely can. But there's also a few bits where you might want to be a bit more mellow. Uh, let's see. Anyway, I'm now sat in Mickey's room, which is the quietest room in the house, because at the moment it's the day before they all go back, so, <clears throat> you know, risky recording this now, but I decided to do it anyway. So in here it's just me and Titus, our cat, who looks very snoogly on Mickey's little bed. You don't want to hear any more about me. Uh, I'll tell you about my lovely guest to kick off the new series. I spoke to Davina McCall. Now, Davina is someone I first met when I was 16 and I did work experience at MTV. And I remember being a little bit starstruck because I used to watch God's Gift at night. Now, if you don't know what that is, God's Gift was one of Davina's first presenting jobs that she did um, where it was brilliant, actually. So she was already an MTV presenter, but she hosted this show where basically a load of blokes would kind of try and vie for attention from a woman. And then there was a kind of baying crowd of women who were heckling them. And they had to do like party tricks and jokes and dances and all this kind of thing. Um, and get voted down to the one that they decided was God's gift, and that was the one that the girl would go out with. At least I think that's what it was. Left my memory. I, I'm happy to be corrected, but it was really good fun. And I always really liked Davina. She seemed like a real girl's girl, and very cool and funny and smart. And over the years, our paths have crossed, whether it be um, through things like doing a million pound drop, which is a game show she hosted, which my mum and I participated in, or most recently when I did The Masked Singer and I was an alien and then I had to take my head off and reveal my little visog to Davina and the other um, hosts. But Davina's someone that's often on my mind because I follow her and I'm always interested in what she has to say, particularly and around her conversations around menopause, which is something she's been really brilliantly open about and got lots of conversations going, not just here, but in Parliament too. She's campaigning for better access for women to HRT um, and just really being someone that's made the next chapter of, I mean, I'm 43, so this is sort of, you know, my sort of not too distant future and just making those conversations about menopause and demystifying it, giving it a lot more clarity and also being a sort of very um, cool role model for how it might go ahead. Anyway, we spoke about lots and lots of stuff. She's led a very interesting life and is now a mother to um, three who are one uh, one in teens, one mid-teens, one late teens and one in twenties, as you will hear. Anyway, I will leave you in Davina's capable hands. She's got a lot of wisdom to share. So thank you to her time and mostly thank you to you for lending me ears and being back with me got some really really exciting guests this series so thank you so much you know i love my little podcast oh actually one thing before i go just to set the scene a little bit um and hopefully give you the opportunity to forgive me a bit if i'm a bit woolly when i spoke to davina i was very newly back from australia um as in about 24 hours back 
So my brain was a little all over the shop. Uh, so if I say some things that sound a little weird, that's why. The jet lag, pff, I thought I'd escaped it, but I really, really didn't. Wow. Thank goodness for caffeine. And the other thing, actually, is probably quite a nice thing to think of, so you can picture the scene, is that when I spoke to Davina, it was actually on Zoom, but she was in her home, and on the back wall behind her when we were speaking were the three T-shirts that she'd worn each time she was about to have one of her three babies uh, while she was presenting Big Brother. So that was really nice. And at one point she does talk about that, but it was just quite cool to be talking to her. And in the background, there are these quite iconic T-shirts that she wore when she was about to have her babies. I don't know about you, but whenever I was watching Big Brother, I always remember it's like Davina being pregnant and these T-shirts about Big Mother and that kind of thing. Anyway, that's setting the scene, but yeah, see you on the other side. It's really lovely to talk to you and thank you very much for your Hi. time. <laughs> How are you? How's everything? Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been kind of in just a bizarrely happy place. I always think if um, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child mm -hmm. and I've got three kids, you know what it's like, multiple kids, and to have all of them in a really good place all at the same time feels so nice and I and I always really enjoy these moments because they're always very short-lived <laughs> someone someone will go into an issue or a problem or a you know a relationship something or a dilemma or but then now we're all at an age where everybody piles in to help that one that's not feeling so good it's really nice oh that's a nice aspect I didn't really think about that about when they get older that actually that kind of fight for attention isn't there in the same way. So actually, you're well, you're a family that's more... more how old are mm. your kids now? How old are they? Now? So I've got Holly, who's 21, mm -hmm. and her best friend Harriet, who um, we consider another member of our family um, because she spends so much time with Holly. So Holly and Harriet are 21, Chester's 16, and then Tilly, who's moved to Australia, is 19. And... So Chester, um, you know, had, I mean, I'm not going to say what, like what his worry was, but, he, you know, he was like going through something and that everybody gets on board. We're all messaging. Um, Holly and Harriet giving practical ideas and tips. You know, it's just so nice that everybody gangs together. We yes. are fiercely protective of each other. It's, it's a good thing. Well, I guess as well, you've been, when you raise them, you're sort of laying the foundation for that kind of thing and that communication the whole way, right? So that's the whole intention is that when you're big, you've got that lovely collective family that really talks to each other and keeps in touch with each other and cares about everything. Yeah, I definitely think things like if one of them's performing somewhere, we all go. It's mm -hmm. not just me, you know, or one of them's playing a game at the weekend. Anybody that can go goes. You know, it's a real, um, that is a point that I've been quite strict about that whatever anybody's doing, we all support together. Yep. I totally agree with you. How old are yours now? Oh, so they go between three and 18. So uh, three, seven, 10, 13, and 18. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Only makes me laugh out loud because um, I realise how much I've got to come. <laughs> so it makes me giggle. Yeah. But it's nice when you get to the stage where one of them is like, at that grown-up bit, you know, or at least, you know, young adult. I think that's really lovely. Mm. Um, and how do you feel about one of your kids being in an Australian city? That's so... Yeah, it's, oh. it, 
I had such an interesting thing because I um I spoke to my partner about her pre-leaving and everything in my makeup was saying, you know, go out for dinner as much as you can or like sit down and have one-to-one meals, go and talk to her as much as you can in her bedroom, you know, go and do things together, spend as much time together as possible and before she went, she didn't really want to spend any time with me at all. She was up in Newcastle seeing her sister, visiting other friends, saying goodbye to all her mates. And I was talking to Michael and I was saying, God, I, like, I'm really struggling with this. And he said, OK, Davina, let's go back to when you were 19. And I said, yeah. And he said, what were you doing? And he said, I said, I was leaving home and moving into a room in, in someone's flat. And he said, and how did you feel? I said, oh, my God, I was so excited. And he said, were you thinking about your parents' feelings, about how they felt about you leaving? I was like, no. (laughs) And he went, there you go. She's just, it's not even on her radar that you are pining. And don't tell her you're pining because it'll just make her feel bad about going. And this is the most exciting thing she's ever done. I was like, that is the best advice ever. Yeah. So I just sort of, you know, sucked it up. And whenever she went, I can't, no, I can't can't do that night or I can't do this. I'd go, okay, well, listen, I'm really happy you're having a good time. And let's try and get together at least for one dinner before you go. And she's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And we did. But it was just kind of funny, you know, it was just trying to be brave. Wept all the way back from the airport, obviously. But Mm -hmm. wept with pride, I think. Pride, happiness, joy. To see her kind of skip off, look so happy and excited about this this new chapter and where that might take her. And it might bring her back here. It might take her to another country. In the world. Who knows? So yeah. exciting. Well, that's what I was going to say, actually. That's the thing about it. Because I actually think if... I know that with my parents as well, they were quite good at letting me... I left home at 18. I was really excited. Off I went. and But then sometimes I felt like a, a cat that had been weaned a bit early. So I kind of would come back, do family holidays, come and spend more time. So I think then they come back. They do come back and yes. spend time. And I also think if if... You know, if you do say, okay, I think what we'll probably do going forwards, because we've we've got kind of blended family as well, we'll just say we're going to do one blended family every year. And then I think I might take my kids somewhere for a few days on their own and he'll take his kids away for a few days on their own because they still need us on our own, um, even though they're all nearly, nearly adults. Um and then that'll be it, because they'll all be wanting to go off and do their own thing and party with their own friends. It's such a funny thing that you think, oh, you don't even want to come on holiday with us anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're going to have to think up really inventive holidays. It was so funny. We were talking about where should we go for our blended holiday this year? And we both agreed on Ibiza because the kids really want to go to Ibiza. So, oh, so yeah. if they want to go, then we'll, we'll go with them. And then we know they'll all come. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah, and then you have a different shape of holiday as well, don't you, when they're a bit older and priorities and all that. But also, it's really nice to hear you say that you're feeling really happy because I was going to ask you about that because I was going to say from the outside looking in, it looks like you're in a really great place. Like, you look really gorgeous and radiant and happy and it's it's quite palpable, actually. It's nice. (laughs) Um. And, you know, it's funny, it's felt like this for a while. And um, it is something that friends of mine have noticed. And that, you know, if somebody says, how are you? I just go, God, and I feel a bit guilty. (laughs) You know, I just think, and when you are in a nice place, like in your, you're settled. I feel settled. I think that's what it is, settled Mm. and, and content. 
When you're settled and content, even difficult things feel okay. It's so interesting. I've had different times in my life where I've felt very un... ill at ease or like something's missing or like I don't, you know, I can't quite grasp what it is, but I'm just... Mm -hmm. Well, my God, when I was perimenopausal and I didn't know what it was, out of kilter, and you think, oh, I don't know what's going on, then anything that adds on to that, if you get any superfluous problems that come on board, which obviously in life, all of us get hit by things. Sometimes we even get sideswiped by some massive, pro massive problem that we never even saw coming. If you're not grounded, it's going to hit you twice as hard. Yeah, um, that's very true. And so I, I suppose feeling feeling more grounded and, and content now in my in my fifties means that, you know, when things do come, like Tilly going, you know, I, I am able to kind of rationalise or speak to someone and like they can help help guide me through it and I feel okay about it. It's nice, yeah, and it's really nice. That is really nice, and it's it's especially cool because I said I'd been in Australia, and when I was there, I took your autobiography with me. So you've been, I've taken you to Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne in the last couple of weeks, <laughs> and um, and when you wrote it, I think it was published in 2016, and so you were looking ahead to your 50s, and so there were a few question marks about what you might do next, and it's just really cool because I think if you could go back to that you know, the end of the book and put on the next chapter of all the things you've been getting on with and what life looks like now. It's pretty exciting. Mm. Yeah, it's a really... I mean, I'm so pleased I wrote that book. Firstly, I think as um, a point of kind of historic interest for my kids' kids or my great-great-grandchildren, you know, for them to be able to go, look, this is what Grandma Davina was doing in 2016. Can you imagine <laughs> 2016? What that must have been like. And... Even for me to look back um, six years later, it's quite funny. You know, it's quite, it's quite weird how much has changed. Um, but yes, yeah, it should be, we should do a revised edition. Well, there's a lot of, of lessons wisdom I've learned that. since 2016. Even more <laughs> lessons, because actually there's loads of good advice in there. And funnily enough, right at the end, you do touch a little bit on menopause. And obviously now that's become something that's been a really proper conversation. And I'm really happy about it because when I was, I think probably about 10 years ago, I remember someone talking about menopause and I thought, I don't actually have very much information there for what lies ahead. Mm. Um, and everything you've done to highlight all of the stages of it and the good, the bad, but also emphasise back to the good is so important and I'm really happy that Can that I ask conversation... You something? Yes. Having heard about the conversation and, you know, learnt a bit more, obviously, about it, mm. are you frightened about it or are you feeling better? Much better. About it going forwards? Much better. Because Good. I'm 43 mm. and I, I felt like there was this big sort of question mark for how it affected me, what it was going to feel like. And I remember thinking... Why is nobody talking about this? It's this big thing that's sort of looming. It's going to happen to everybody. And it just felt like it was almost just not really spoken about. And I don't think it was just menopause. I think it was just like being a woman in, with like in the public eye or um, I don't know what I'm, what I'm trying to say. It was like you kind of just tipped over the edge of a, a hill and then um, it all went a bit darker. 
is what it kind of looked like to me. Um, big and question I, mark. And I felt like at, as a woman in, in our industry, I would call our industry entertainment, mm. it was something that you were expected to just get through and then be great at the other side, but nobody gave you a manual on how to do that. Exactly. But I didn't, I didn't even know the, what the word perimenopause meant. I didn't mm. understand that menopause was the day you stopped bleeding. And I also didn't understand that you didn't know that that was the day you stopped bleeding until you stopped bleeding for a year. And yeah, I thought, yeah. my God, how come? This is basic. This is page one stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, it was like somebody was telling me something I'd never heard before, which they were. And then I think understanding that the reason why we all go a bit bonkers or 75% of us go a bit bonkers is because our hormones are dipping and I didn't I just thought our hormones declined I didn't realize that one day they're up the next day they're down the next day they're up and that's why it's very difficult to see see it via a blood test and why there are so many bizarre symptoms to it because estrogen affects every single part of our bodies and so when we're lacking in estrogen it affects every single part of our body so our symptoms can range from something from the top of our heads to our feet you know, restless leg syndrome, um, tinnitus in your ears, some really weird things like um, electric shocks. There's some women get these sensations of electric shock, heart palpitations. I had heart palpitations. I thought I was dying. I went to the doctors. Um, And sure, look, you've got to get things like heart palpitations checked out. If you've got that and it is a symptom, then, you know, obviously it's worth getting looked at. But when I found out that it was a symptom, because... When I got it checked out, it was nothing. But I did slightly worry, well, what happens if it's something and you've slightly missed it? But when I found out it was a symptom of the perimenopause, I thought, mm. oh, well, that's what it was then. They didn't find anything because it was just that. Yeah. And it made me feel much better. So I think all of this knowledge is just making you feel a bit calmer thinking, okay, it's all right. And th- what was very important to me um, when I started talking about it was to say to women like you who are coming towards it, you know, don't worry, it's all going to be okay. And in fact, with the right knowledge and support and help, it can be one of the greatest times of your life because, Sophie Alice Baxter, in 10 years' time, your life will look immeasurably different in terms of children and childcare. And, you know, your children will be... 13, 14, your youngest, yep, and be yep. able to, you'll be able to go out for dinner without getting a babysitter. Oh my God, like amazing. <laughs> and you'll be just getting your va va voom, you know, all sorts of, you'll be thinking, I'm freer, my kids are a bit older, this is amazing. Yeah, that all sounds great. And I'm also happy as well that people feel that they can now talk about the symptoms without it being a secret thing. It could just be, because I think for a long time it felt like menopause was just sort of a time with like, hot flushes and being a bit all over the place and a bit skittish. Um, and I know that even... And it was a joke. Yes, it was a Women bit of a joke. Women were joked about. Yeah, yeah. And I know that when my mum was experiencing her symptoms and she went to the doctor and she saw, in this instance, a male doctor, and he just sort of said, oh, that's kind of what should be happening at your age. You know, best get on with it. And she said she sort of stood up, started to turn around, and went, actually, no, that doesn't sound like the right thing and made sure that she got her HRT, and she's like, I'm going to be on that for the rest of my days. It's brilliant. So I think it's what you're doing is great. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I 
I feel like it was there were two things. My missions were to um, to make sure that people had the correct information so they could make a correct decision about their own bodies. Um, I am not pushing HRT in terms of a, a treatment for everybody. It's not right for everybody. Some mm. people, you know, don't want to take it because it's not their lifestyle choice, um, and other people can't take it because of illness. Um, but I did want because I think it's something crazy like. Um, 10% of women who can take HRT do. And it might be slightly marginally higher now, but still a very, very small percentage of women that could take HRT take it. Wow, I didn't realise it was that low. And I think that is that is quite a, largely down to fear mm. of breast cancer. And I, I just wanted to open that conversation so people had all the facts about HRT at their fingertips so they could make an informed decision. Yes, exactly. Because there's no point making a decision about your health and whether you want to do something or not if you don't have the correct information. Yes. So that was really important. And then also reframing what a perimenopausal woman looks like. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to grow old as disgracefully as I possibly can. <laughs> well, that hasn't changed from your book. I like that about your intentions then too. <laughs> That's perfect. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, actually, with with your book, you talk a lot about about quite liking a little element of shocking behaviour. And I like the fact that that's something you like having a little flirt with in your life. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's always dangerous, that. It's, It's always with me. Really? And it's, yeah, and I'm, you know... That I, I, I often think about, I wonder what my final, like, I, I wonder if I'm ever going to do a Tootsie moment. Have you seen Tootsie, that film with Dustin Hoffman? Oh. oh so it's quite an old film. And he dresses say, up as I've a woman. I think I've seen it a really long time ago. Yes, that's all and, I remember about it. Yeah, and he, and he walks down the stairs and he's dressed as a woman and he goes, my name is not Tootsie, I am. And he takes off the wig. <laughs> And he says, a man, I am blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, <gasps> I wonder what my Tootsie moment's going to be. Like, am I going to If you took do your hair off say and said, I'm a man, I would be quite, that would said, be quite a moment. I am a man. It'd be so <laughs> impressive. But I kind of keep thinking, like, I want to choose something really mega or do something that's so bad or wow. out in bad taste or something like that. Oh, it'd be great. Wow. The mind... Boggles. We can come up with something together. <laughs> yeah, we should start writing a list of all the. I, I mean, mean, I did. I talk about in the book about having this urge to flash people. So when I when I when I, when I, when I used to when I used to when I used to work at Models One. Mm. When I used to work at Models One, um, me and this girl called Ellis, and she was on the women's desk. Did you know Ellis? I actually met Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ellis on the on the girls' desk and me, I was on the men's desk, and we had this very long office in World's End. You probably remember it. And um, I would stand at the men's desk. I'd go, Ellie, and then I'd just flash my tits. I really didn't care who was there. Was it? And then she'd go, Divvy, and then that was my nickname. She then flash her tits, and I go, Yay! I mean, we were like awful I mean but quite funny like people did think it was quite funny but I mean nowadays can you imagine nowadays that's a cancellable offense you know like an objectionable cancellable but everybody just thought 
like, oh, there's Ellis and Davina flashing their tits at each other again. I mean, it happened every day. <laughs> and when I'm on a red carpet and they're all going, Divi, it reminds me, Davina, it reminds me of Ellis going, Divi, and I just really want to flash my tits so well, badly. It's given like given that my surname an starts overwhelming with Ellis. feeling. It feels like maybe yes. your big, your big shockable final This is meant act to be. Could involve me. It's now. It's now. <laughs> you just just say Ellis Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I better not uh, see you down the end of a long to, corridor. I have to really. Place. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's going to happen. All good. I can't kind of decide. <laughs> Oh, the world's seen seen far worse than our boobs. I think they could handle it. I'm not sure now. I've had three kids. They're not what they were. Like two, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I want to come up with a shockable act where the joke's not on me, really. <laughs> Shock myself. <laughs> uh, but even possibly, like, that is the shock. Yeah. Like, maybe that's the great thing. You know, when I'm 65, I'll just go, yeah. Like, ugh. There it is. <laughs> but I, I want it to be something where people just go, oh, what's she done? And then the next yeah. day, everybody go, oh, my God, what's she done? Let's go on her social media. But I've got no more social media left because I've come off everything. Oh, wow. <sighs> Drama- mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Keeping on... Topic uh, with with my podcast and I just flashing boobs. Um, 
what was going on in your life when you had your first baby? What stage were you at with your career then? So um, everybody, everybody was with me um, when I had my first baby. So I'm going to show you something which might uh, trigger some memories. Um, oh, this T-shirt wow. here that I'm pointing at. Um, hang on, where's the, where's the camera? Yeah, okay. I can see that. That one in the middle yeah. is Holly. Yeah. Um, this one on this side is Tilly. Yeah. And this one here is Chester. So the middle one says Big Mother, just yeah. for anybody that's listening. And the other one says, on the front, on the other side of the Reloaded T-shirt, it says Big Mother. And then obviously on the back it says Reloaded. And then on <laughs> Chester's one it says The Trilogy. <laughs> It said reloaded there because the Matrix Reloaded came out the year that Tilly was born. Right. So big mother Holly yeah. was born in 2001, which was, um, just for context, Brian Dowling. Oh, yes, yes. Um, he won that year and I uh, interviewed him enormously pregnant on stage. Amazing. Um, and I... I I, I had sort of Nana Cherry to thank for that, really. Like, when she was doing Man Child, and I always thought, wow, she's so badass. And I, I mean, I know Nana a bit, and I, I'm, I, I mean, I knew her much better back then, but I just thought she's, she's absolutely smashing it for pregnant women. Definitely. I, there was a time before Nana where pregnant women used to hide away, have their babies, and then come back suddenly. Yeah. Just as they were before, pretending that they hadn't had a baby. Yeah. And she was, she was like a trailblazer, really, I think, she in really so was. many ways. And yeah, as I a agree. sort of powerful woman, um, yeah. I mean, Buffalo Stance was one of, I mean, I love so that good. album, Raw Like Sushi. So she was mm. on, on Top of the Pops, very pregnant with Buffalo Stance. And then when she did yeah. Man Child, Man Child, the video director, had gone round for a meeting to see her and she'd opened the door with her newborn baby over one shoulder and her hair in a towel. And he was like, that's it, that's the video. So that's why in the this video she was like... Yeah. The I thought she was so incredible good. too. And her daughter, who was on the swing... So I, I went out with Nena's... Um, uh, the, the dad of her first, first daughter, ah. Naima. So um, for about five or six years. And... Um, she, she was a lovely girl and she was in it as well. She was swinging on the swing. Ah, cool. Naima. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. I, it was I, amazing. I mean, to listen to it. She, she was mega Nana. I mean, still is, you know, she's just so freaking cool. But anyway, so I thought, look, if Nana can do it, I can definitely do it. I can definitely present a TV series pregnant. And then it became a thing. Then it was kind of like every series, they were like, are you pregnant again? So Holly was series one. What was interesting for me, though, Sophie, is that I have... I, I mean, a bit like you, I, I think. I just love my job. I love doing what I do. I love presenting. I, I feel like I've learnt a lot over the years. By the time I had Holly, I'd been in the business for 10 years. And I felt quite sort of secure in what I was doing. and I'd learnt a lot. I felt like I was good. I had places I wanted to go, you know, programs I wanted to present I had ambition not a kind of I'll stand on your head to get past you and ruin your career to further mine but just I wanted to do well mm -hmm. and I had Holly and I held her in my arms and I thought fuck I never want to work again <laughs> I, I just want to look at you 
and not do anything ever again. Never leave the house. I just want to hug you, feed you, change you, put you to bed, wake up and do it all again. It was the best thing ever. I'd spent my whole life since I was 10 years old wanting to have a baby. And having Holly was, number one, the greatest thing until I had Tilly <laughs> that I'd ever done. Like yeah. It was the cleverest, the most miraculous, the most beautiful, moving and life-changing thing I'd ever done. And then I thought, God, how am I ever going to want to work again? I'd been working six days a week, minimum 17-hour days, almost every day, with tons of energy left. I loved my job. Mm. And then I was like, I'm working three days a week, maximum. Um, you know, um, and that's how it stayed for quite a few years. You know, I did maybe like a day at home, on and off the phone a bit, you know, yeah. doing bits and bobs. But um, really, I was very, very lucky because Big Brother, you know, was a Friday night. Yeah. And then they did the odd show on Saturday. So I could do those as two days and then maybe another day of shooting or whatever I had to do, press or whatever, on the third day or Garnier, like I had been working with them for a while. And so I um, I could kind of mix and match and Big Brother just became like my day job. Yeah, but it's know, I'm so lucky to have that when I was having babies. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I really can remember the, um, the fact that you, yeah, we have the babies quite regularly. And actually, I remember at one point my mum said to me, she pointed at the TV and she went, she's, she's planning the babies around Big Brother and she's worked out that she, she said, look, she always watch, she's always having them in September. <laughs> oh my God, that is, shut up, because that is exactly what I was doing. <laughs> well, that is I amazing. used to say to Matthew, we can't get pregnant before January because if I do that, I'll, somebody else will present the final at, over my dead body. Wow. Wow, so you were literally like, look at the calendar. This is the window. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, to give us credit where credit's due, like, we might not still be married now, but by God, we were good with, like, that. We were brilliant at making babies. That is brilliant. <laughs> and also, I'm so impressed with the, um, the time frame. It just was like, yep, yeah, that's the bit, because if I have that, then, then I can have the bit where I have my maternity, and then I can come back, and then I'll do the final. Yes. <laughs> amazing. But that's so funny that your mum clocked that. Yeah, maybe because she's kind of a bit like that too. She'd be like working out thing. I don't know, maybe not. Actually, I say that. I don't think that is true because um, I don't think that's she did plan so when she good. had my brother. But still, she recognised it and, and applauded it. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. Yeah. That's exactly because I, I, I love that programme and I did feel like it was mine. Yeah for all those years at Channel 4, and I really... I, I, the idea of even letting somebody else present it was so alien to me that I just thought... So if I missed the window and I didn't get pregnant, which I never did, but if I had missed the window, I'd wait until the next year. I mean, that's how dedicated I was to that programme. <laughs> <laughs> but I get that, and it worked. And, and actually, knowing your, your impish you know, smile you had when you're talking about sort of shocking behaviour and a little bit of, like, what might happen next. I mean, Big Brother, that's, like, that taps into all of that, right? Like, so much fun, so much all mischief. Yes. Yeah. 
And, you know, you can you could talk to people. I could ask people in Big Brother interviews things that I would never ask anybody else about if they'd had sex. I mean, these are people that I'd literally only met when they came out of the house. I'd be asking them such personal <laughs> questions and pulling them up about things. And I, I loved it so much. It was the greatest, greatest opportunity and... Um, probably the, the show that I would be most recognised for still now, yeah. even all those years later. Yes. No, it was, it was brilliant and really brilliant TV. And so I'm thinking about you with your, with your babies and with your book, you were really beautifully open about your childhood. And I wondered how soon into having a baby, you, I mean, what impact did it have on how you wanted to raise your children? Come, you know, having mm. such a different childhood. I mean, we can talk about as much um, as little think, as you want. Mm, mm. Um, I think the big thing uh, for me is that um, I, was, I was raised, really, the majority of the time by two exceptional women in my grandmother, Pippi, who um, was an absolute force of nature and very loving and cuddly and all cooking, all singing, all dancing, quite emotional, um, She's a proper girl power woman. You know, she'd mow the lawn in her petticoat. She'd do DIY. She'd fix things. She brought three children up in the war and then took me on and brought me up for um, 10 years. You know, she was, she was amazing. And then my stepmom, Gabby, who's still, like, an amazing parent to me um, because both my biological parents have died and she, she and I weirdly have got even closer I think since that's happened it's been really lovely but she's she's been a very very positive force in mine and my children's lives you know which has been so lovely so mm. I had two really strong role models there but my biological mother was not a good role model but thankfully because of those other two women I could draw on their maternal experience mm. and know that I would want to put that into my children's lives but my sister who was brought up solely in France um, with her grandparents, but with my mother largely as well, never had children because she just didn't feel that she had the capability, having been brought up in that atmosphere, to to look after a child. She did get pregnant once, um, and then she she lost that baby, and she felt that that was a sign, you know, that she. Um, that, like, maybe it just wouldn't happen for her, and, and it never did. And I can understand, you know, where that comes from, because actually when I did get pregnant, I was very, very worried. And then I think I became a little bit of an anxious first-time parent. So, you know, I was one of those um, follow-the-book, the Gina Ford, um, not with the light in the bedroom or anything, but, you know, the bed at this time, bed at that time, make sure that they're settled, calm, da, da, da. and then about six months in, I was like, I just can't do it anymore, I can't, I've got to throw the book away and just do what feels right because I'm making myself and this baby miserable. So we just sort of started just trying to, you know, I just wanted to try and listen to Holly and tell, like, what she was telling me rather than what Gina Ford was telling me she was telling me. <laughs> Not trying to slag off Gina for because it was a special way of parenting back then, and um, I was given that. Book you know, she as well. did help lots of. Yeah, she did help lots of women, and then the second and third babies. Obviously, by that point, you kind of know what you're doing, and you know 
what's worked before and you tweak it for each different child's personality and what they need. And I can't tell you, Sophie, how much I'm looking forward to having grandchildren. Yeah, I feel like that I know. Because <laughs> do you feel that, like, you learn? Every time you have a child, you learn so much. And then I feel like I've got a lot to give. Not my, not my daughter or my son, because I'm going to let them do whatever they feel is right with their child. It's not up to me what they do. But if they ask my opinion, I will offer it. But not if they don't. I definitely don't want to be that kind of parent. But I could definitely can do some great stuff with with my grandkids. Um, oh, yeah. That I'd it's love a lovely relationship. To maybe have a bit more time to do. Yeah, such a good one, isn't it? And especially having had such an amazing relationship with my granny. Yes, exactly. So you've got that template. And I think also mm. it's just, I think there was something you said, I read somewhere where you said that family for you felt like safety and sanctuary. And I thought, oh my mm. goodness, that really resonated with me. I'd never thought of that that word mm. before, but that's exactly the same for me. And I think that the continuation mm. of it and seeing family grow and, you know, new generations and all the higgledy-piggledy ages you get when you all get together, I just, I, I sort of live for that stuff, really. It makes me happy and it makes me feel safe. Mm. Mm. And I think, you know, it's a it's a give and take thing, isn't it? Because it makes you feel safe and you provide an environment where you make your kids feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I think is um, really interesting that I've been thinking about a lot is that we protect our children from so much nowadays, but um, resilience is one of the, the other things that I feel has made me. And I always think as much as I want to protect my children from anything going wrong, the times when my life has gone wrong has been have been the times that I've learned the most yeah, that's and quite tricky, that one, isn't it, with your kids? Me, it's so hard. It is. Because, you it's know... It's so hard. And your life experience, as you say, they make you who you are. And the fact that you're able to sit here now and say, I feel really good, I can recognise what is good. But then you've gone through all the things and that's what's made you get to that point. So it's like, ah, how do I, how do I navigate that for my kids? Quite mm. tricky, isn't it? I mean, I suppose you've just got mm. to kind of let them do what they do and keep the communication open. Yeah. And kind of hope for the best, really. Mm. I suppose, and through everything you've experienced, you've always had good relationships and safe people to go to. I suppose, so you can still have that. Always, I mean, my grandmother was always mm, a safe place, and my and my stepmom's always been a very very safe place as well, and continues to be, and is for my uh, and is for my kids. Um, and you know what's super nice is my daughter's gone over to Australia and it sounds like oh my god what's she done but she's living with my sister my um little sister out there who moved out there 10 years ago or whatever and she's she's living with her so she's got a nice kind of comfortable start to her trip over there and and we'll kind of start moving around once she feels settled but I'm very lucky um I think that we do have a close family it's interesting I am Recently, I've met a few people who talk about being estranged from various family members, and I'm always kind of trying to encourage them to reach out because I've also recently been to a couple of things where at someone's wake, you know, you find out that two people haven't spoken for 30 years and it would be over someone calling their child the same name in a family, and then you think, really, was it was it worth not talking for 30 years about that? Yeah. Like, just... Just have a chat and see if you can meet up and have a coffee about it or something because 
I guess the one thing that you do become very aware of after 50 is that probably half your life is over and possibly more than half your life is over. And you really get a big sense of really want to do something with this next half. Yeah. And um, make sure that I am correcting the mistakes um, of my life before. So I think um, healing old wounds is a really good way of doing that. Well, I suppose as well, when when people do have those family grudges that have gone on for ages, I think it takes a lot of energy to maintain that. Even if you're, the decision is just not speaking to someone, it's almost like a fire you have to keep putting oh. logs on. It's like you have to keep that, because you've got the feelings... So true. You've got the love for the old friend or the relative, but you're having to keep active, like, no, that's why I'm not speaking to that person and I'm going to put another log on that fire because if the fire goes out, then all we've got is the silence of not speaking and that's quite, that can be quite a big thing to confront, can't it? Mm. And plus, when relationships go past the point, you can't go back and you have to be completely at peace. Like, if if that's mm. how that is, am I definitely okay with that? Mm. Although... You know, I was I was I was estranged from my mother when she died, um, um, and I really looked deep into that and looked into how do I feel about that, and how will I feel if she dies, which she did, or when she dies. I knew she had terminal cancer. Um, how will I feel if I don't go and visit her? And I and I talked to myself a lot about it. My big sister talked. We talked. We talked about it a lot together. And we both decided that we were at peace with that decision. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't a vindictive um, choice we made. It was a choice for us and yeah. our mental well-being. Um, and it was, it was the right choice in retrospect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I you think do need to ask like yourself that. those questions. Yes, I agree with that. You have to be very at mm. peace with all those things. And I, mean, I guess that's the kind mm. of... The, the thing you're learning, as you say, as you get older anyway, just one of the most um, sad emotions to feel is regret because it, it, it can really calcify. So I think you have to be very, mm. as you say, it's absolutely fine to make decisions that take out things that I suppose we'd call it like toxic elements or things that make you feel bad about yourself mm. or compromised, but also just make sure you're very at peace with all of those doors you close because... Sometimes you don't get a chance to open them again, but I mean, blimey, everybody's got their own version of what that looks like, right? I mean, it's interesting because regret can be about so many things because there can be things that you regret saying no to or things that you regret not doing or places that you regret not going to if you had the opportunity. And again, after 50, it's quite interesting how your mindset goes from just say yes. You know, it goes from like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to do that. I'm a bit nervous about doing that. But you just go, yeah. I'd love to do that. Yes, I'd like to try that. You know, you're always thinking, how, what can I, what can I do? I don't, definitely don't want any regrets on. I want to definitely try, try everything, go everywhere. <laughs> well, um, that's great. And I mean, when, when did your sort of ambition and all of that kind of, after you had that bit where you stared at your baby and thought, that's it. Yeah. When does it, when did you start to kind mm. of have it all blossom? I, I definitely felt for me, it was around my children growing up. And um, I think when my eldest got to so maybe five years ago when my eldest got to about um 16 let's say and she could she could babysit 
you know, um, Chester and Tilly for a night and they could all hang out and I wouldn't feel guilty. They'd be having a lovely time. And then a couple of years later when she was 18, you know, I could even consider going away for a night and um, leaving her with the kids and they'd actually have a great time as long as I made sure that there was food and mm. sustenance and uh, there was a, like... I remember thinking, oh, wow, kind of... Um, and, and in terms of it wasn't even so much I want to go away and see friends. It was like, God, I could work late in London, mm. stay overnight and start work early the next morning and I don't have to miss that job or I don't have to come all the way home and get two hours sleep in order to yeah. come back to work the next day. I can say yes to that. And I know people might think, oh, my God, she's, why would you want to do work instead of being with your kids? But I'm with my kids a lot. Um, and in fact, because they, um, obviously they were all at school and, um, but, you know, in the school holidays, I, I, again, was extremely lucky because I was self-employed, I could take school holidays off. So that would kind of end up being about, you know, four or five months a year yeah. being taken off just in school holidays just because somebody needed to be there for the kids to drive them around or take them to people's houses or mates' houses or play dates. And so holidays were quite sacrosanct. So even now, um, Chester's a bit more independent and he's with friends quite a lot of the time and going out and stuff like that. Even I can do a few days' work, which if I want to, in the holidays... So it's yeah. kind of really an interesting, it's an interesting time. Plus also um, you need the work for yourself though, don't you? You don't want to just, if that's something that's important to you, you don't want to shut those things away because it's important to have your own thing. Yeah, I mean, it keeps my doing. mind active. I mm. like the way that it makes me feel. I feel useful. Um, I feel like I have a purpose. Um, mm. Interestingly, sometimes when I don't work, say in the summer, so last summer I took 10 weeks off um, because it was the last summer that me, Holly and Tilly and Chester would all have together because Holly's got placements next year. She's going to be a dietitian. And oh, wow. she's in hospital next next summer, all next summer. And Tilly's going to be in Australia. So it's just me and Chester <laughs> and um, my partner and his sons. So I was like, this is the last summer we will all be together for a while, I think. So let's really make the most of it but at the end of the 10 weeks I was like okay I'm ready to go back to work <laughs> I'm really ready yeah yeah I'd be like that too but did you always want to be a mum mm. was it always something you thought you'd always do okay. oh my god I can't remember a time when I wasn't absolutely gasping to be a mother and I had all the things in place if I couldn't have children you know, I would, have, I would have definitely looked at adoption. I would have definitely looked at surrogacy. I thought all of that through. I mean, I was such a planner. <laughs> and if I can't do that, I'm going to do this. And if I do that and I can't do this and blah, blah, blah. So it was always part of my game plan. I used to present a show before I got pregnant called Street Mate. And we'd just run around the streets of university towns to find single people. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> and they, they used to um, do compilation tapes that they'd show at the Christmas party of me stopping everything while I'm running around to talk to babies and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it would be like, I'd be running down the street and I'd go, baby, wait, everybody stop. Oh my God, how old's your baby? Oh, it's so cute. Like, 
for ages they had cuts of like me and 20 <laughs> babies all being cut together it was so funny so yes and I'm still famous now if we go into a restaurant I'll say to the kids if I coo at that mum enough do you think she'll let me hold her baby <laughs> <laughs> and if I coo enough at a mum she'll go oh, can we get a picture of you and our baby I go oh yeah of course but what they don't know is that I've groomed them the whole way through their meal <laughs> to, to let me hold their baby yeah um, I think we're cut yeah, of a similar so cloth, I love, you and I I love a baby too and <laughs> I think we when are I, when I travel I think we are yeah I think so too and when I travel without the kids I think people must think oh that lady really loves she really wants a baby because I just look at every, every small person I'm like oh oh and they, they probably think oh yeah she's in a long and I'm like I just want to hold your baby just for a while yeah definitely <laughs> it's a good thing <laughs> they are gorgeous though I love little babies so much yeah oh they're fun but on the street mate something you can't magical really set everything about another, them set them up with no. another baby on street mate <laughs> baby mate <laughs> Set up play dates. <laughs> I'd quite like to. I'd quite like to do program. mature mate. Yeah, where I run round, where I run, run around the streets and find somebody, you know, forty-five plus, and yeah. um, set them up with someone. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That's a good idea. I'm gonna, I'm actually, I'm do gonna, you know? Yeah, I'm going to suggest that. Yeah, into the dictaphone. Um, the other program I adore was God's Gift. I used to love God's Gift. Oh. That was a good program. So funny. That was really funny. So inappropriate. So when was that on? That was. Um, <laughs> it was on God, in the middle. That would have late been night. 94, 95. Okay. Yeah. So I was like 15, 16. And it was on, uh, it was on, on a Wednesday night. God, Wednesday night. night at midnight. Why was And then on? repeated at four, four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. That would have been the one I would have caught. <laughs> I was still awake. Um, my mum put a black and white telly in my bedroom. So and I used funny. to watch it all the time. Yeah, I loved it. It's really good. Amazing. <laughs> um, oh, those were the days. In fact, I've probably bored you with this before, but it must have been around that time that I met you very briefly when I was 16 and I did work experience at MTV. And I remember you very well because you looked very glamorous oh, and you were yeah, very smiley you and you had your dog with you, which I think must have been... Oh, Rosie. Rosie, yes. Yeah. I remember that very well because oh. I was like oh, really excited to see you. <laughs> it was a good thing. Oh, that's so funny. Isn't that? I know. Um, well, you mentioned you're a planner. What have you got planned at the moment? What's your current things you're up to? What are, your, what are you looking ahead to do? Um, so next year, um, we are looking at doing a documentary on the pill. Ah, Okay. There are so many different types of pills mm. um, and different types of progesterone, progestins, and I, I don't know what I'm talking about, um, but I guess like everybody will come on a journey with me while I learn. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, we all take the pill willy-nilly, but in fact, HRT is safer than the pill um, on paper and everybody treats HRT like it's... Um, their nemesis but in fact you know we need to know more about the pill that we I took personally without asking any questions for 20 years same here and I yeah. don't want to stop women taking the pill um, at all no. I don't want to sort of trigger trigger a million pregnancies but um, I do want us to 
uh, understand that if you are feeling um, that your skin's breaking out or you're feeling depressed or that there are yeah. other options open to you and that you could maybe swap over and try different different brands or types um, and go into the science of it and find out, you know, where it's made and what it's... Anyway, so that would be interesting. That's such a good idea. Well, also, I think what's really yeah. good about that is that the age where, I don't know, you'll find out in your research, the age when most women first ask for the pill is a time when the idea of sitting in a doctor's office and asking for it is quite, it's a little, you feel very self-conscious anyway. So that window, you don't feel like it's really for you to get any information about anything deeper than just, I need this prescription, I'm trying to be careful and I just want to get out, get my pill so that I know that I'm doing the right thing by me. And actually you only really learn about all the fallout and the emotions and how it can affect your mood and all these things, let alone, as you said, like breakouts, other stuff, by anecdotally just sort of swapping stories with your girlfriends rather than sitting in the doctor's office and understanding, so what's the difference between this one and this one? And I'm a bit prone to this and you don't even know what to ask. You're just, you're quite young when you go in usually, I think. Well, I was anyway, mm. like, 17, 18, mm. And even like as a parent, as a parent, you know, I I didn't know what to ask or, mm. um, you know, for my daughters. So I think it is it is useful to just be armed with information and I'm sure that GPs will all be um, sort of sighing, oh, God, she's off again. But I, I'm not <laughs> trying to make life more complicated. I'm trying to make it easier. Yeah, no, I think that the That's GPs would probably be happy. To, information is good and people who know what have already done... Mm a bit of research and worked out what's going to work for them or what's, what things mean for them. Exactly, it's, really it's helpful. Good. Yeah, it is helpful. Mm. Yes. Mm. And you're- so I'm doing that, I'm doing Long Lost Family. Oh yes, lovely. Which I love. Yes. So I'm filming that at the moment. And um, Masked Singer is out in January. Um, so, you know, the Masked Singer um, is on now. Yep, yep. And that was a crazy experience, the Mars Singer, when I did that, which... Oh, my God, of course! Don't, I don't worry if you've I forgotten. Like, I've seen you <laughs> since then. Billion. So it, yeah, it was... Um, um, no, absolutely it was really brilliant. Fun. I, I have it's to say, I did team. guess. Um, once yeah. I'd got you, like, I was like, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just, absolutely I actually, didn't um, even know what I was thinking. I kind of embarrassed myself a little bit with that because I hadn't given... A lot of thought to... <laughs> so I was doing the song. I sang a Dua Lipa song, Don't Stop Now. And on the day mm. of the recording, the voice coach said to me, why don't you... Do you want to disguise your voice a little bit? Why don't you put a little bit more, like, um, flatten your vowels? So I took this very literally and did a sort of, I don't know, hybrid Cockney strange accent. And when I got... <laughs> when I got home... I said to the kids, I was going to keep it a surprise that I'd done the Mars Singer, but then I like, went out on the first episode. I'm like, there's not like a whole lot of like tension here. So um, I said to them, oh, I um, I did the Mars Singer and, and, I, and I, I told them I'd gone out. And then they said, well, what did you sing? And I sang a bit in the kitchen. They were like, why did you sing it like that? So I did this idea for one eighty. Even now, whenever I hear that song and I'm out, I'm just like, it's mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> it was but that was like street. Adam Garcia, who's a tap dancer. He was on The Masked Dancer. Oh yeah, and he he was like um, dancing, not doing tap, and taps is like. But obviously, if it, the minute he did tap, we all know who he was. Right. So it was yeah. really funny. I was like, oh my god. 
It's a fun program though, yeah, and the team's really lovely. Mad. The team is really, really lovely. They're love so it. great, aren't yes, they? Yes, they really are, and everybody's having fun. It's like a very upbeat. Yes, nice I mean atmosphere. it's it's such an upbeat show. Yeah, I love being part of it. So Plus, I got out of it a hoodie that says "Don't talk to me," which is Don't a great hoodie. Don't talk to me. Yeah, which is a hoodie I yeah, wear pretty much. It's a much good one day. to have. <laughs> so that's good. Oh, and I wanted to ask you about your fitness because it's been such a big mm. part of your life. And mm. I wondered what role it plays in your... How often do you go and work out? Is it a daily thing? Yeah, so I try and work out. No. Um, who's got time for that? <laughs> um, I'm spending too many plates, Sophie. Um, <laughs> but I do try and work out like a minimum of three times a week. Mm-hmm. But like I try and have active rest days. So say, for example, I went to Shoreditch today and they were like, do you want to get a car? And I said, no, I want to... Um, go by tube. So I went by tube to Liverpool Street mm-hmm. and whenever I see a an escalator, I run up the escalator mm-hmm. and then when I got to Liverpool Street, I did a, a brisk 15-minute walk to the place I was going to, brisk 15-minute walk back to the tube, you know, run down the escalator. I just try and be active wherever I go because I always think, look, this might not be in a gym, but it's certainly exercise. If I was doing this on a treadmill... Yeah, you know these are these are this is good calories I'm burning here. I can really and cardio running running up the escalator fast. <laughs> then I <laughs> lift up a passenger. Yeah. Then while I'm on the tube, I just do some sit ups. <laughs> like one of those, you know, one of those TikTok things where somebody gets up and sort of starts sliding around the pole on yes. a New York subway, and they, exactly. you know, I yeah. do one of those kind of. Uh, <laughs> dances Um, no I don't but I just I try and be active on my rest days because it is all exercise right yes yes. and I have a spring in my step um, at the moment and I I can't quite put my finger on it but I am you know I'm I'm bouncy so exercise feels nice I'm enjoying it I mean I go to a spin class Sophie and it's like um, being in a nightclub, which I love because I love loud dance music, on a bicycle. Yeah, I've never it's, done a spin it's class. Great. I'd probably quite like that. Oh, God! <laughs> you fucking love it! <laughs> it's so... I'm, t- I'm taking you. You've got to come down and stay with me in Tunbridge Wells. I've got the best spin class ever in Tunbridge Wells. You're coming. Okay, I'm there. And I'll bring all children. Amazing. Okay. I might leave, leave the kids. I want We've to got get, room for everyone. <laughs> oh, I see you in your house. I thought you meant in the spin class. Like, Abandon. Get my three-year-old on the bike. <laughs> I mean, they probably quite enjoy it, to be fair. Amazing. <laughs> we can get stabilizers on their spin bike. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, no, I should definitely try a bit of spin. I think that sounds good. I think the sound of the club music going very fast yeah it's so much fun and you know I always say to people in terms of exercise I've got a fitness platform um, called Own Your Goals Davina so if anybody wants to come and start their journey mm-hmm. we've got everything from like absolute beginners but we've got over a thousand workouts on there but what I love about it is there's 16 different trainers and they all teach completely differently so I did a class with Fitz the other day he's 65 and we did weight training together and he broke me he was amazing but I don't weight train very often and mm-hmm. I need to because my muscle tone is depleting rapidly. And then you've got somebody like Daniel who does drum and bass boxing. You know, I, again, to music, drum and bass. That I love cool. it. He, he, it's so motivating. 
Faye does dance classes. I did a dance class with her the other day. So it's, it's like a, there's bar, there's a bit of everything. So find what you like and then do yeah. that. Don't make yourself do, I, you know, I, it doesn't feel right now at my age to do too hardcore hit. It's not, I'm not very good at, and I just think it's too quick and I'm going to injure myself. That's what it feels like. So I think, okay, you know, find other things that I enjoy and spin, weights, dancing, boxing to drum and bass. That's what I love. So that's what I do. Okay, that's good advice. Own your goals. And I like the idea of uh, finding different things that work for you. I kind of need to get back on the wagon. Mm. I've fallen off it a little bit. I think my your active rest mm. days are my exercise. That's basically it. So I need exercise to, days. Yes, but you have got a lot of offspring, and that is exercise. I think it's just giving myself a bit of time to prioritize fitness as part. You. of I think yes, I've kind of I used to, and then I've filled in those gaps with other things, and I need to kind of clear mm. some room again because I think it's really good for my head. Is actually. it? Is it? Is it cake? <laughs> it's not cake. Have you filled it filled in the gaps with cake. <laughs> um that would that would be good. Uh but no, not so much cake. <laughs> I do like cake though. It's all good. Uh that's why we interviewed Mary Berry Don't the other day because she made us cakes. That was good. Um uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Bring in the cake. Um well I'm conscious of your time. So just as my final question uh, to you, I suppose I just wanted to ask mm. Now that you're in this chapter where your kids are the stage they're at, how does it feel when you get to that bit? And is it nice to sort of recognise that you're in this bit where they are all starting to branch off and you are kind of in this, this mm. new, new spring? What's quite nice is that um, they do branch off, but you do then realise that they, they never leave you for good. Um, uh, unless obviously as we spoke about earlier there's some catastrophic falling out and then if it's possible to redeem it then redeem it and if it's mm-hmm. not then don't but um they they go but they are always around so my daughter and you'll find with each child there's something different that you bond over so my daughter Tilly and I she makes me laugh so much um, my daughter Holly and I are really into our music. She's going out with a DJ. We're obsessed. Like, she keeps sending me videos of her going out clubbing with him and then he's DJing at this really cool club and then he's released a bit of vinyl and she's sending me... You know, we're bonding in that arena. And then me and Chester, as he's got a bit older, we've really bonded over going to Arsenal matches. So they are going, but we I have a little special thing with each of my kids mm-hmm. and it's different for all of them and they each have a, a special thing that just me and them do and I really like that so there's you get a bit of freedom but never more freedom than you can handle they're mm-hmm. always there yeah um but they just don't need you in the same way but when they need you they really need you and they need you right then and there for quite a long time and then they just don't call you again for a few days yeah, but you need to be available when they need you. Yeah. Um, but parenting, um, Michael said, you know, the other day that parenting two boys has been like literally the best thing he's ever done, and I, I would agree. Like having kids for me has been the greatest adventure and continues to be, and will continue to be for the rest of their lives and my life. You know, I'll, I'll they'll outlive me, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a trip, 
but we we're enjoying this part of our journey so much it's really good that's really lovely and I think that is really perfect advice and also really nice to hear someone speak so positively about parenting I really like that very much and I'm thinking that because we've been so positive this big shocking act that we're going to do I think we should check with yeah. them that they're cool with it as well. <laughs> just so we don't. Yeah, okay, yeah. Just so the mic um, doesn't My end. kids know me. Yeah. My kids know me. They yeah. know it's coming. Well, in that case, maybe yeah, yeah. we can't do the boob thing because they're probably expecting that. I think it might have to be a bit more adventurous. Yeah. It's got to be shocking for them too, right? Exactly. And that just won't do it. <laughs> yeah. No. I'll ping some no. ideas over to you. I'll get cracking on some yes! ideas. <laughs> do it. Isn't that brilliant? How brilliant is Davina? I love how smart she is about stuff, but also her energy. One of those people that just makes you kind of want to have a bit more get up and go. And obviously she's got all her fitness stuff that she does and her fitness um, platform. But my words, she definitely, you know, walks the walk as well as talk the talk. So loads of energy and it's quite infectious. Um, so, yeah, I really love talking to her and a lot of what she said really stayed with me. Um Funnily enough, in the build-up to chatting to her, because I knew I was going to be coming straight back from Australia, I took with me her autobiography, which I think she published in 2017. So, you know, life has moved on since then, not least the fact that she was still with her husband at that time. So, you know, some pretty seismic changes. But I would really recommend it because she's really been through a lot and has sort of lots of um, takeaway lessons from each each thing that she's gone through. So I thought that was really, really cool. And hopefully you got a little bit of that from our chat too. Yes, and um, I just can't wait to show you the re- show with you the rest of the series. It's a nice feeling actually because um, there are some people I've spoken to this series that I wanted to speak to for a little while. So yeah, looking forward to sharing that with you. And please do keep your suggestions coming. And I know I always say it, but it really is valuable. And what else? I suppose just try and you know stay chipper. At the beginning of January can be a bit, can't it? Especially. As I speak to you today, it's it's only blooming, it's like 4.50, it's pitch black outside, it's been raining all day. It's not the most kind of exciting day, really. Not the most exciting time of year, but there's still lots of reasons to be cheerful. So I'm just sending you lots of love, really, and hoping you've got a few things on the horizon that are exciting. And yeah, Trying to think what we've got coming up recently. You know, oh, actually, we did have a really lovely thing over the weekend. It was Mickey's fourth birthday. He's big boy four now. I guess that means I haven't really got any little little bubbers in the house anymore, have I? I mean, I know four's not exactly adulthood, but still, I mean, this year he's going to start school. That's kind of end of an era, isn't it? I won't have any more babies or any at nursery. Wow. I'm going to try and enjoy this next couple of terms where he's still there because it's still so cute. Anyway, it's quite nice as well. There's bits of him growing up and bits of all my babies grow up. It's just quite nice, to be honest with you. Not least the sleeping. Not going to lie, Mickey was such a terrible sleeper. It's quite nice that that's now a thing of the past. Touch wood and all that. Anyway, enough of my ramblings. Titus still sleeps. I'm still sniggling in Mickey's room. I better go downstairs and face the masses. And I will see you next week. Lots of love and thanks for coming back to me. Bye.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.